And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's fantastic, phenomenal, always fun, usually somewhat fascinating Friday as we head into the weekend, not being afraid even if the earth gives way or the mountains fall into the seas, because our help comes from the Lord. First, there is so much noise. Not just on the highway and the freeways, but even on the side roads. It's incredible how much clatter there is. You would almost think it's Christmas every day. There arose such a clatter. But in reality, it's just the wind of the world. Too much noise and too much wind creates too much confusion. Quiet, please. Next, okie dokie. This will help many irate Christians, but and this will actually help them become more irate Christians. Hey, what else is new? I now make a statement that the politicians will resent, but keep in mind that Jesus thinks this is awesome. Ready? Let's say something, people. They're not even going to like this. Right? The poor of this world should also learn to give. What? What did you just say? What blasphemy? The poor of this world should also learn to give. Of course, Jesus was never looking for votes when he taught this. He was and is looking for devotionals, not devotes. Get it? Devotionals, not devotes. Because a poor woman gave, Jesus immortalized her. When was the last time you heard that? Oh, and finally, uh, this may, uh, again, create uh, some problems. Oh, wait, that's the same thing. I'm repeating the same thing over and over again. I've got the same text. Eh, that doesn't matter. Here's the bottom line. The bottom line is Jesus rose from the dead. And you want to know what we call that? Ready? Ready? Good news. You know what's good about it? It's good for you. Isn't that nice? And here's your best post-Easter message ahead of time. Read the book of Acts, because that's what happened post-Easter. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. If I can just get through a read without repeating part and then part B and then realizing I just did a copy and paste and didn't put the other material in there. Anyway, we are looking at lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. That's not a repeat. Politics, entertainment, and current events, personal revelations, spiritual observations about life's insanities, and oy vey, so much more. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? Now, you can email us, david at hemustincrease.org. David at hemustincrease.org. David at hemustincrease.org. You can text us, 214-210-8483, 214-210-8483. Charges apply to whatever, because I don't know what your plan is. And then also you can call us at 972-445-0770. That's a special number. 
calling 972-445-0770. Cuz when you call 972-445-0770, you'll end up talking to Captain Chris. It's like somebody saying to you, you can drive any car you want for an entire month for free anywhere you want on the planet as fast as you want to go. And then you will be... Do you have a car preference? I'm just kind of curious if you have one. You know, just kind of. I mean, if it goes as fast as I want, yeah, any car will do. Yeah, as long as it goes as fast as you want, right? Okay. I'm not going to tell you how fast I went in the car. I'm just going to move on to the next segment. But some of that might have been today, trying to get to work on time. All right. So bottom line is, if you've got a thought, an opinion, a comment, a question, we want you to have an avenue to engage with one another. We want you to be able to share prayer requests because it's important for us to pray for one another. We want you to be able to share uh, praise reports because that blesses other people, and then you become a vehicle of that blessing. And that's always a good thing. It's a good thing to be a vehicle of blessing. We also want you to be able to answer trivia, which I'm going to tell you in a minute. But on top of that, if there's just something that's on your heart and you want to share it, not to put other Christians down, but to lift other Christians up. That's supposed to be the idea. Nobody, you know, nobody's looking, I want to show everybody how smart I am. Hey, I got an idea. Let's show everybody how much of a servant we really want to be and say things that will be blessings for others and not put us in a good light. Okay, here we go. Here's your first trivia question. In the words of Jesus, who does not sow or reap or store away in barns? <laughs> You're like, what? Well, I didn't say it was a person. Uh, In the words of Jesus, who does not sow or reap or store away in barns? If you think you know the answer to that, you can reach out to us. Reach out to us. You can call 972-445-0770. You can text in 214-210-8483. And then you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. Who was Jesus talking about? I can't say what because it's not fair because it doesn't doesn't make the thing work right. But uh, who who does not sow? Who does does not reap? Who does not store away in barns? Who's Jesus talking about there? That's the question. All right, before we get into the message, a couple of things to update you on in regards to uh, things that are going on. I could use prayer this weekend because I'm going to be doing marathon writing in spite of the reality that it's Easter. I have this 30-plus page paper to finish. I got a long way to go. So I could use prayer for that. I would greatly appreciate that. Also, during this weekend, if you would, our audience is having health issues. People are really hurting, and we're asking you to pray for the audience, pray for their health, pray for their wellness, as well as that the Lord would bless them. That would be just a cool thing to do. And uh, just remember, what a person sows, those sh- the, that shall they also reap. So when you're praying blessings and graciousness and that on others, uh, you can count on, on some of that coming back your direction. It's kind of a nice way to do it. I like it. All right? All right, so we do have somebody that I don't know if they're calling in on the trivia question, but we will give them the chance. The trivia question is, if I can find it, in, in the words of Jesus, who— I don't think that'd be a whom. Who does not sow or reap or store away in burns? We got somebody ready to answer? Ah, right, here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hello, David. This is Fred. How are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? 
I'm doing just fine. Uh, listen, I want to suggest something to you. All the audience, you know, the doctors tell us that we need to have three meals a day. It's breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But may I add one more meal, and that is a good dose of David's faith. <laughs> God bless you, my brother. God bless you. Listen, the answer to your question, yep. Matthew, the sixth chapter, the fowls of the air. That's right. So the, the air, the birds in the air, the fowls in the air are exactly what Jesus is talking about. They don't do anything. God takes care of them. They're not having a faith problem. That's a big Absolutely. clue right there. Absolutely. Like, well, if that's the testimony right in front of us, maybe we should operate in it. <laughs> and that's right. Well, God bless you. Thank you for listening. All right. God bless, brother. Excellent job. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. All right. We should be a meal of the day. That's good. It can't be a snack because there's a lot there, but yeah, I don't know. We'll have to see. All right. All right. Here's something I want you to kind of catch on to. And you guys know this, but there just comes a point, and I'm going to bring this up because my daughter, about eight years ago, uh, she had introduced me to something I'd never heard of before. This, just bear with me. And since then, it's caught on and different people do it, but it was called a media fast. And I was like, a media fest? What's that? I remember her asking. And she said, you shut everything down. I mean everything down. You don't no internet, no anything, just emergency contacts if you need to. But no uh, news, no this, no that, whatever. Mark chapter 4, verse 39, this says this. He got up, rebuked the wind, and, sat, and said to the waves, quiet, be still. When Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. And we reach a point in life where there is so much wind in our ears and it's too loud. And I'll just say this right now. The wind in our ears is the loudness. The waves in our lives is it's just too busy. Now, I know what happened with Jesus actually happened. I'm just giving you the connection. Sometimes life is so wavy, it's just too busy. It's crazy. And sometimes it's so loud, it's like you're looking for the off button. And and the, the place to find that off button is Jesus. Because Jesus said, quiet, and to the waves, he said, be still. To the wind, quiet. What does wind do? It's loud. And loud winds are scary, just in case you don't know that. Well, you know that. You're in Texas. Okay? So we need to turn to Jesus, and he's the one that will help bring quiet and stillness. Because what we need, but people won't say that we need, but what we need is we don't need more information. We don't need more technology in quality of life. We need to chill out. Calm down. Do you know the first rule in any emergency situation? I don't know if you know this or not. But the first rule is to bring peace to the situation or to bring calm. What do you think they figured that out from? <laughs> calm. T- down, slow. Stop. And when that happens, there is a there is a reduction in your, your blood pressure, everything. I mean, you're just like, okay. And the place to find that calm and that quiet, the, the, the place to make it so that it's not so loud and too busy is you go and you shut the door and you just talk to Jesus. And you will find the peace that passes all understanding to keep your heart and your mind safe. Isn't that cool? Love it. All right, take our break and come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere.
Like any person searching for answers, I too have wondered about him. He has a weird sense of humor. If people are seeking wisdom and insight from the great teachers around the world, would they go to David? No, I don't think so. Those big ears really don't help. Will people enjoy his perspective on culture, politics, food, sports, and local and national news? I don't know. He's just a client. Tune in to the David Spoon Experience on KAAM. What is the David Spoon Experience? When Joshua was trying to figure out, you know, the Lord and his decision for the Lord, and he, he was doing pretty good and had good training, uh, uh, he made a decision to, to follow the Lord. Then he made a decision that he wanted to really commit to devotions. I told him I was proud of him for that. That's his own decision. He has to make that call. Nobody can choose that. You know, I was listening to something the other day, and this is one of the most bizarre statements. You're never going to hear a more bizarre statement. I hope this gets on the radio. You know, you can be born and raised Jewish. You can be born and raised Italian. You can be born and raised in many different things, but you can't be born a Christian. Can't do it. Because you have to make a decision for Jesus Christ. There's no being born a Christian. That doesn't work. That's a lie. You have to make a choice, an individual choice. Your 15 generations of your family could be Christians. When you're born, that does not make you a Christian. When you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that's when you become a Christian. You understand that difference? It was just something that dawned on me. Like, you know, people don't talk that way. Well, he was born in a Christian family. That doesn't mean he's a Christian. Plenty of murderers came out of Christian families. That doesn't mean a thing. That's nothing. But anyway, going back to it, I had to head sure of that because that's that thought that just really struck me as odd. But the power of our words is, is, is so noticeable. And Jesus says, hey, you know, I got one for you. By your words, you're going to be justified. By your words, you're going to be condemned. So my question to pose is why? That's so forceful and brutal. And the answer is in Matthew chapter 15. Matthew, you guys like that one, huh? I like that. I could tell people, oh, I like that. Matthew chapter 15, here's the reason, verse 18, Matthew 15, 18 says this. But the things that come out of the mouth come from the heart. And the reason that Jesus said, by your words you will be justified and by your words you'll be condemned is because your words reveal what's in your heart. And you will know, you can listen to other people and know by their speech. And I'm not even talking about coarse language. I'm not talking about swearing. I'm not even talking about any of that. I'm not even necessarily talking about negative speech. I'm talking about you will know a person's heart by what they say. The David Spoon Experience. Sometimes Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAMAN 770, the truth station here in Texas, where Captain Chris is on top of it today. Are you ready for this trivia question? Okay. True or false? This gives you a 50-50. I mean, people, you have to understand, 50-50? So if you're wrong, then you get the right answer when I go, Right? Or you get the bell immediately, one or the other. True or false? When the disciples saw the fig tree that Jesus had cursed, Jesus said, have faith in yourselves. True or false? When the disciples saw the fig tree Jesus had cursed, Jesus said, have faith in yourself. 
Somebody calling it true or false. Uh, I, I would assume people would be jumping all over that, just to let you know. Uh, 972-445-0770. That is the number we have you call on. Also, you can text in 214-210-8483. But if you can do it, you probably want to hurry because somebody's on hold. And then you can send an email, david at he must increase. Dot org. It's kind of a classic little statement there. True or false, when the disciples saw the fig tree Jesus had cursed, Jesus said, have faith in yourselves. And here we go on the answer. Ready? This is David. Who am I talking to? Hi, David. This is Fred again. I want to emphatically apologize. I said David Spade on your last answer. Uh, I meant David Spoon. Please forgive me. I'm so sorry. I, I do not take offense to that in any way, shape, or form, especially knowing how many different names I've been called. Trust me. And, the, and, 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 and your, yours is not bad at all. Trust me. That is correct, sir! That's the problem right there is too many people read that and say, look, Jesus said have faith in yourself. It's like, no, that's not what he said. It's not faith in ourselves. It's faith in God. That's faith how you move God. mountains. That's you right. You like that. Amen. You're right, well, more than welcome. You. Don't you worry about that, brother. I'm serious. That's just hilarious. You just That's a great thing. All right. Day. Well, thank you so much. All right. God bless. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> that's great. I get to go home tonight and say to Noelle when she's not even thinking about it, I'm going to go, just call me David Spade. <laughs> first of all, she'll go, ew, no. <laughs> That's the first thing she'll say. <laughs> I'm just saying. Okay. All right. I'm going to teach something. Do we do? What? Was there something else we're supposed to Oh, I got to do my fun stuff. Oh, I got to do the fun stuff. This is a good one, too. Okay, let's do our, our comedic thing. But we don't actually have a, a sound for that or anything, do we? Do we have any kind of sound? Okay, that's the sound for our jokes. Thanks a lot. Captain Chris, okay. Cap Chris, you're going to lose the N. Instead of going to Commander, you're going the other way. <laughs> just to let you know. Okay. This is a really good one. If you just listen, it's cute, okay? But it is, it's Christian, just, you know, for the most part. All right. During an impassioned sermon about death and final judgment, the pastor said forcefully, each member of this church is going to die and face judgment. Glancing down at the front pew, he noticed a man with a big smile on his face. The minister repeated his point louder. Each member of this church is going to die and face judgment. The man nodded and smiled even more. This really got the preacher wound up. He pounded the pulpit emphatically when then he came to the ultimatum, each member of this church is going to die and face judgment. Though everyone else in the congregation was looking somber, the man in the front continued to smile. Finally, the preacher stepped off the platform, stood in front of the man, and shouted, I said each member of this church is going to die. The man grinned from ear to ear. After the service was over, the preacher made a beeline for the man. I don't get it, the preacher said in frustration. Whenever I said each member of this church is going to die, you got, you got a bigger smile than before. And the man replied, well, I'm not a member of this church. <laughs> <laughs> A member of this church. <laughs> that's a good one, right? All right. That's funny. If you don't think that's funny, check your pulse. 
Uh, okay, uh, here is uh, one of the more controversies. Of course we're going to do this on, on Easter. How could I do it any other time? People are calling and saying, well, flowers, right? Uh, no. Okay, uh, Mark chapter 12, verse 41 through 44. He sat down opposite, opposite the treasury and watched people putting money into the offering box. Many rich people put in large sums. A poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which make a penny. And he called his disciples and said to them, Truly I say to you, this poor woman has put in more than all those who are contributing to the offering box, for they all contributed out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty has put in everything she had, all that she had to live on. All right? Jesus was watching the people. That's what the text says. He sat down and watched the people. Jesus was, in fact, a people watcher. I know that we don't think of it in those terms because every time you think of Jesus, you think he's just standing on a rock and teaching, okay, or, you know, or in a boat and teaching. But sometimes he watched people. And I don't know if you know this or not. I mean, I've done people watching before. You have to be quiet and watch. I know it's crazy, but it's true. All right, so anyway, so there were people that were giving money, and they were giving large sums of money. And let me tell you something. That's not like that part is bad, but what Jesus said about it is the difference. So they put in large sums, and she puts in a penny, right? I mean, she's putting in nothing. It's very—you I mean, can't—you know, our and our— translation we would use their 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 terminology their money but for you and i to understand it that we're talking about equivalencies and the equivalency is you know it's like about a penny or so so like they're putting in buku bucks she's putting in a penny and jesus says look they're giving out of their abundance what they're giving is what they have left over that's the ticket what she gave was not what she had left over she didn't have any like leftover any she didn't have she was poor she was a widow nobody to help her and so the problem is that in society today what we have told everybody is not what jesus said and I, it's like i don't care you just defy jesus prove jesus wrong what they say is well you know the poor shouldn't have to give where did jesus say that Jesus watches this poor person give out of duty, obligation, faith, love, commitment, you know, the, the structure of her, of, her, of her belief. And Jesus, listen to this, immortalizes her by putting her in the gospel. It's just like, wow. Do you know any of the names of any of the people that put in the large sums of money? No? Okay. Or do you know anything of no? But you know, this is the poor widow woman. This goes back to the classic Christian principle. of It's a joke, in, or it's a, an amusing uh, antidote, where, Jesus, where the preachers are all driving through heaven in a golf cart, and they're like, wow, look at that house. Oh, that's Pastor So-and-so. Wow, look at that house. And they're like, whoa, that's cool. They got a pool. Yeah. And then they go up, and then up on a hill is this enormous mansion, five times larger than anybody else's. And they're like, well, who lives there? That's got to be like a Billy Graham thing. And the angel says, nope, that's the widow woman. It's like, oh, bam. 
bam, bazinga, all that stuff. Because what? Because she gave and the Lord said, and people are like, well, no, 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 poor people shouldn't give. Don't tell that to God. And I'm not advocating for a this tax or a that tax. Stop that, okay? Jesus thinks everybody should give, and everybody should give. How should that giving go? I don't know. Then their structure was they had a, a box that they put it into versus uh, getting tickets or wasn't really a hat. It was more of a stationary box that they would put it into, and that's what she gave. She gave put it in the offering box, right? And it was not just a tissue box like a lot of churches. It's like a, a big box. Well taken care of is a nice way to put it. But Jesus loved it. And I know that, you know, I'm, I'm not— uh, my family was exceedingly wealthy. In fact, we've already decided that two weeks from today, it's two weeks from today, I'm going to do my next part of my testimony. And my family was loaded, right? But I went, my brother and I went a different direction. We became Christian. We never have had a lot of money. I mean, not you know, not the way our family did. I mean, probably much more than other people, much less than what we grew up in and that whole process. You know what? You still give. Why? Because you're trying to honor the Lord. My argument is I, I, don't, I don't think the New Testament equates the same level uh, of giving as the requirements of the Old Testament. It's an argument you can have. That's fine. My argument would be we should all be giving, period. And then as the Lord puts it upon you, you give more and more and more. Sometimes you can give uh, way more than you think you should under the prompting of the Lord, and the Lord returns it to you a hundredfold or tenfold or whatever the case may, may be. I've had it happen. Something just like that. My point in all of this is when you get into these social issues, the Bible is loaded with answers. And here's the answer. I know you might not have enough. I know it's tight. I have given and and had to move some bills around. I've gone through that. I know what you're talking about. But as the Lord puts it on your heart, give something what you can, what you even what you can't from time to time in faith before the Lord, wherever the Lord directs you. Not here, not here, not here, not here. And you watch how the Lord will honor you for the giving you do. Because you know what? He sees, he knows, he rewards. I just think that's the right way to do it. And by the way, nobody else should know. It should just be between the person and the Lord, Okay. No trumpet sounding for giving. Okay? All right. All right, folks, you're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Going to take a short break, then come back. Don't go anywhere. This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at year-end indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax-deductible. 
Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously, or in Proverbs where it teaches that a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can. Right here. A couple on- things I think we'll open up with. I've decided to open up with a story that I wasn't going to open up with because it's such an outrageous story, but it's not an outrageously super bad story. It's an outrageously super dumb story. There's a big difference. Bad is when I tell you, which I'll be telling you probably in the next segment, how the federal government is creating a database to track down uh, hate speech as they define it. We'll That's talk, bad. We'll talk about that a little bit. This is dumb, but it's funny dumb. Dumb, haha, funny, but not entirely. Get this. Now, I'm holding a picture in my hands. You can't see it. But there are four monkeys in this picture that I'm holding. And the headline reads this. Millions in taxpayer money used to study drunken monkeys. No, no, really, drunken monkeys. And you're thinking, no, you're making that up. Nope, federal government reportedly has spent $3.2 million so far in order to get monkeys drunk in order to study the effect of alcohol on the monkeys. I don't know. See, I don't know where you're even going to go. Where are you going to go with this? There's, I'm going nowhere, there's no, I got nothing to there's say. There's no comment that anybody can make. The David Spoon Experience. You're Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, where I know most people that are listening are like going, why aren't you doing Easter? Well, I did Easter on Wednesday and Thursday. And we did a long Easter one yesterday, I thought. It was kind of a long uh, process and then here's the other reason that i'm going to say so i got to justify it so this is how jewish people think besides it's easter every day (laughs) i know if you don't like that but it's true we live by the resurrection of the lord jesus christ if you're not living by the resurrection you are living less than in your christianity i'm just you know see all you want it's like that's just the reality here goes your next trivia question in mark chapter 11 So there's a reason that you've got that. But in Mark chapter 11, go with your gut on this. What happened to the fig tree cursed by Jesus? What happened to the fig tree cursed by Jesus? If you think you know, 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. As well, you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. It is here that we send you to the website. Uh, keep in mind on the website, of course, that uh, the pods are back up, so all that stuff is available. The app is there. It's free. Prayer request, praise report. Like I said, on the website, there's uh, probably about 24 links. There's video. There's audio. There's some writings on there. 
And then there's some goofy stuff. (laughs) I got nothing to say to you about the goofy stuff. It's just there, and it's up there. Uh, Also, the brochures uh, that we're going to be printing, you'll be able to tell us which. There's six brochures, uh, brochures AAA and brochures ZZZ. You will be able to select any or all of them if you want them printed out. We will bear the cost, print them out, and send them to you, so you don't have to worry about that. And then the last thing to tell you is probably a kind of an important thing. Today is the 15th. Our radio rent is due the 28th. That's the day it's due. So if you give, then we'll be there the 29th. <laughs> and if not, then that's okay. All right, folks, uh, check out hemustincrease.org. Prayer request? Hemustincrease.org. Praise report? Hemustincrease.org. Looking to give to this ministry? Hemustincrease.org. Confused by what's happening right now? Hemustincrease.org. Hemustincrease.org. <laughs> That is so my favorite. <laughs> it's just like, this is so great because then the noise goes out, then it comes back in, then it goes up, then it goes down. It's just like, that's just so good. All right. Uh, somebody is ready to answer the trivia question, so I'm going to lean over. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? Um, hi, David. It's Deborah. Hi, Deborah. How are you? I'm good. How are you today? I'm doing good, except after we're done here and I get home, yesterday took an hour and a half to get home. It was like, wow, it was really bad. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, bad traffic. So I'm hoping to get home before, you know, uh, New Jersey falls into the ocean or whatever. And then when I get get home, I've got to spend tonight, tomorrow, and three-quarters of Sunday Right, 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 writing. Goodness. <laughs> so, so I'm gearing up my brain thinking, yes, that's my attitude anyway. <laughs> we'll awesome. See, we'll see what happens when I'm doing it. All right, here you go. In Mark chapter 11, what happened to the fig tree cursed by Jesus? Um, it shriveled up and died. That is correct. It withered all the way down to the roots. It went bye-bye. And Jesus was like, I'm not happy with you. See ya. And that was the end of that trip. Boy, we could use that for certain landscaping times, don't you think? It's like, is anyone going to pull the tree out? <laughs> Excellent. All right. I'm hoping you have a, you and Susie have a fantastic Easter. And uh, Thank you, y'all too. And we'll be praying for you. You'll be praying for us. And that way we're all getting prayed for. Yes, sir. And we will. All right. You got it. Thank you so much. God bless you. You have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, dokay. Oh, we got history, right? All right, let's do history. Let's do history. Go ahead. Let's go. All right, a couple things to tell you for those that do not know. Today is National High Five Day. (laughs) High Five. Air Five. No, it's all Air Five, right? All right. Today is, uh, all right, Chris, take a wild guess. Friday. No, it's take a wild guess day. Ding, ding, ding. It's also Rubber Eraser Day. So you got to love rubber erasers. Who doesn't love that? Except I don't write with pencil. So, I mean, how does that? I guess that was good in, in school when you were doing those tests and have a number two pencil. 
Why? Because number one is a loser. So we do number two. Okay. Don't get it. National Grazed, I'm sorry, National Grazed, National Glazed Spiral Ham Day. Okay, yeah. yeah. I'm good for that. And then it is also uh, Tax Day, although that got rearranged in the last, like, what, couple of years? Completely different. Uh, this day in 1865, and uh, I'd like somebody to verify this, Abraham Lincoln died from a shot uh, by John Wilkes Booth. And then on this day, 1923, insulin. So 99 years ago, insulin first became generally available for use by diabetics. That's amazing. 99 years ago. You don't think about that. You think it's like either more recent. It's like it's almost 100 years ago. And then finally, 1955, McDonald's Corporation was founded. Uh, April 15th, 1955, Ray Crack opened his first McDonald's franchise. It was the ninth restaurant in the chain, started by the brothers Dick McDonald and Maurice Mac McDonald, which is where you get Big Mac. Okay. Right. History you'll never use. But it's fun. Okay. Uh, we cover that, we cover that, we cover that. Let's get into this text here. Uh, this one is entitled Coming in First Place. We just did this. Remember coming in last place for the gold medal? This is a, a, a kind of a different take on it. Coming in first place, Mark chapter 12, verse 28 through 31. One of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another. And seeing that he answered them well, he asked, which commandment is the most important of all? Jesus answered, the most important is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Now, I will say this to you so that you can say something to your pastor if your pastor said something. And it's like when they tell you that the way this is set up in the Greek, that, that, that they are virtually the same, they are wrong. It's like I cannot express this in enough terms. The word first or most important means first or most important. It's not even that complex, really. Jesus didn't go, coming in tied was love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, love your neighbors, love yourself. He didn't say that. Okay, so stop. And so I know that we were supposed to do that, but don't say that because that's not even close. Coming in first, the Shema, Hero Israel, our Lord, our God, and Lord is one. The bottom line is it's to God first, always, period. And then it's to the neighbor. And the truth of the fact is we often accomplish the second commandment because we're obedient to the first commandment. In other words, you don't, you don't, it's not vice versa. You you some people will do the second commandment, try to love their neighbor to alleviate their conscience. Okay? But if you have a relationship with God, you want to help love your neighbor because that's what God puts in you. And the difference between all of this stuff is that if you love God with your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and I'm not talking about the fake, I'm not talking about the religious, I'm not talking about uh, churchianity, I'm not talking about that. Christian legal legalese speak, I'm not talking about any of that. I'm talking about if we love the Lord our God— with all of our heart, I mean, everything inside your feelings and emotions, you know that whole category of feelings and all those emotions? 
You love your Lord with your heart. You love him with your soul, which has much more to do with your inward personality of who you are and, and your being. And some people say that that's your spirit that's born again. Nah, okay, whatever. I don't care. The idea is that it's the inner part of the man. Your mind, you already know what that is. That's between your left and right ear. That's all the stuff that's going on there that the devil sits there and goes boo every once in a while. And then all with all your strength, which is physical strength. You love the Lord your God that way. And then loving your neighbor becomes a consequence, not a consequence, a, a uh, what's the word? It's kind of like a, a result. The, the loving your neighbor becomes a afterflow of loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. This is not about doing things perfectly. This is about a relationship with the living God. Remember Jesus said, depart from me, I never knew you. To those that said, well, we did this in your name, we did this in your name, we did this in your name. Well, that's great that you did it in his name, but do you know him? <laughs> I can do a lot. In the name of a Big Mac, I'm going to— You see, that says, like, who cares? I don't know the Big Mac. I might eat a Big Mac, but I'm just saying. I'm giving this. That doesn't mean anything. It's all about epigenosis. Ooh. Greek words on Easter? What? Epigenosis. That, mean, that word means contact knowledge. We are supposed to know the Lord by contact knowledge, not just this intellectual ascent, not just this emotional ascent, not just this physical, I lift weights for the Lord ascent. None of that. It's supposed to be all combined contact, your engagement with God. One of the things that I pray in my prayer life, actually, I know it's weird, but as I pray that I would be sensitive enough to anything the Lord wants to touch or do, whatever, like there's a sensitivity there to what he's operating in, because that contact that I have with him, that's the relationship. That's the connection. I get that uh, when I read his word. He makes contact with me in my heart when, he, when I read the word, when I spend time in prayer. He's contact with me through his presence. That's what the first commandment's all about. An epigenosis, a contact knowledge to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. That's in first place. And believe me, if you can do that well, second place is easy to see. Get it? All right. Uh, take our break and come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. Don't go anywhere. What is the David Spoon experience? Ephesians chapter 5, Ephesians chapter 5. Our words will justify us or condemn us. And we understand our words will justify us and condemn us because they reveal our hearts. So therefore, in conclusion, that our words justify us or condemn us because they reveal our hearts, we need to remember and operate and function, if, function in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 20 which says this. And actually, you can even look at verse 19. Speak to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Ephesians 5.19. Uh, sing and make music in, the, in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because you know 
that by your words you're justified and condemned. Because you know they reveal your heart, you ought to make sure that you follow the scriptures that Paul commands us to follow, and you ought to be being thankful in everything. You ought to be being thankful in everything. And if you are thankful in everything, that will be a part of your verbalization or your speech, and that will be a revelation as to what's in your heart. Are you a thankful Christian for everything? And you say, well, Dave, I'm thankful that he saved me, but I'm going through this trial and I don't like it. I'm not so thankful for the trial. And I say, I understand. I understand that. Uh, again, not a new revelation coming right here. Romans chapter 8, verse 28 tells you the ticket, the method, the system by which you can be thankful in everything. Dave, you mean I should be thankful in a divorce proceeding? I should be thankful that my brother is a drug addict? I should be thankful that I'm going bankrupt? I should be thankful that these terrible things are happening? Or that I should be thankful that I can't sleep? No, I think you should read Romans 8, 28 with me and respond to this. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him. So I think the answer is, can you be thankful in all those things? Yes. For going through a divorce? No. But that God is going to work into your lives good things through this process? Absolutely. If you don't believe that God is going to work things that are good into your lives in your trial, you don't believe anything he says. Because one of the greatest premises that Jesus laid down is, and I, and I caught this just earlier this week, let not your hearts be troubled. There will be trouble in the world. I've overcome the world. It's like, but Jesus said, don't let your heart be troubled. Well, as though we had a choice. We do. We do. And we should be thankful in all of it while we're going through for the actual drug addiction. No, but that God's not going to give up on the person. He's going to work good out of it. The David Spoon Experience. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, where we're going to offer up our last trivia question. You guys are probably thinking, where, what, 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 this is like a show. Yes. Here's your last trivia question. To whom, at least I got that English right, to whom did Jesus say... Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. To whom did Jesus say, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat? Joy, Ann, and Cordelia striking first before I'm even finishing. Good job, ladies. Uh, if you think you know the answer, you can call in 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. You can also send an email to david at hemustincrease.org. So we have, uh, uh, well, we got somebody already ready to answer. All right. Ready for this? Excited? Here we go. And here it is. This is David. Who am I talking to? Uh, sir, it's Will Rogers. Hey, Will Rogers. How are you, sir? I'm great. I hope you're better on uh, this Good Friday. I am doing fantastic on Good Friday. Just absolutely. I'm doing better than good. I'm doing really, really good Friday. That's even better. <laughs> All right, my brother. You ready for this? 
Yes, sir. Okay. To whom did Jesus say Satan is asked to sift you as wheat? That would have been Simon Peter. That is correct, sir! You are 100% correct. I think it's fascinating because Satan had asked God in order to go after Job, and there the, that's the Old Testament and the New Testament. He had to ask uh, he had to ask permission to go after Peter. And it's like he needs permission to get to those places. I mean, I think that's a wonderful thought to be aware of. Yep. All right. Excellent job. You looking forward to the weekend, my brother? Yes, sir. Uh, awesome. And I hope you have an absolutely lights out, fantastic Easter weekend. And you as well, sir. All right. God bless you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, folks. Great, great job. All right, so we're going to do the short teaching here, and then we'll finish off with some Easter stuffy. Stuff that, stuffy. Stuffing. No, not stuffing. Uh, I do want you to be aware that we've got some uh, cool things that are up and coming. But this this weekend, you know what? If you don't normally go to church and you can, go. Okay, don't, don't. Don't sit on your if you can if you're like, well, I don't really like going. Look at nobody's gonna bite your head off. Go to church, have the fellowship, enjoy with your brothers and sisters the glory and the grace and the power regarding the resurrection. Good Friday. Some people have services tonight. I went to a church in San Diego for a little while. They did a Friday night, a Saturday, and a Sunday service all together. And Friday, it was, I mean, they, it was all about the darkness and the brutality of it. Saturday was all about the quietness in between. And then Sunday was all about the resurrection. Really cool, actually. And see, any and all of those things are great. Don't be somebody who sits just on the sideline. You can't be a, a, a lone wolf. You can't be a side uh, Christian. You can't do it because God doesn't permit it. I mean, even Jesus, knowing what was in man, took 12 men around him on a pretty consistent basis. You got to have fellowship. You got to have connections. You got to have friends. And then from the 12, there was the three, Peter, James, and John. And from the three, there was John, who definitely seemed to be the closest in. So I'm going to do a teaching, then finish it off with some Easter material that I think is real important. Okay? All right. First of all, this is Psalm 8110. You all should love this. If you don't have this marked in your Bible and you do Bible markings, you should have this. In other words, I'm going to encourage you to do this. Here's what Psalm 8110 says. I am Yahweh your God, who brought you up from the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide, and I will fill it. So think about what this, what's being said. The Lord brought Israel out of bondage. The Lord brought Israel through the desert and the Lord brought Israel into the promised land. The bondage was in Egypt, and they were delivered from that bondage, and then they went through the wilderness, although many people now go through wilderness experiences and they don't realize they're going through the wilderness. That's that's the part of the process. God is moving you from one place to another, and then from the wilderness you go into the promised land. God brings you out of something to bring you into something doesn't never brings you out of something just to leave you, but you have to go through a period of time where the Lord does some training and teaching and gearing, and then he moves you into the promised land. And the Lord says through this process, out of the bondage, through the desert, and into the promised land. Did you hear that? Out of the bondage, through the desert, into the promised land. The Lord says, open your mouth wide. Is that literal? My good, I guess it could be. I don't think that's the intent, but I guess it could be. 
I think what the Lord is communicating, I think you guys would tend to agree with me, is that the Lord wants us to operate in the sense of expectations. And the wide mouth is to take in as much as you can. Now, as dumb as this sounds, if you're in a desert and it's dry and there's nothing, and then all of a sudden it starts raining, you will open your mouth wide because you need the water. Right? If there's not enough oxygen because your mouth's been closed off from oxygen, you open up your mouth, you will grasp and gasp for every ounce of oxygen you can get. Here the Lord says, open your mouth wide. I'm going to pour into it. I'm going to fill it. And what I think we have uh, done is we're trying to walk obediently, and we should. But don't do it with this low sense of expectation. You've got Easter weekend this weekend. You've got people that are going to be going to church tonight that have never gone to church before. Should we not be praying for these people? Should we not be asking the Holy Spirit to move upon their hearts? We have people that are going to go to church on Sunday that haven't been to church in five years, 10 years, 20 years. I don't care if they become members or not, except I want them to become part of the family of God. That's what we should care about. And hopefully that the church they're going to, good church, you know, Bible church, helping people grow into the image and likeness of Jesus Christ through what they're doing and through their engagement through the Father, uh, by the Father, through the Son, with the Holy Spirit. You're looking for that to take place for people. And our job is to make that a burden for us. These are—I think it's the easiest way. If you had family members and they were expecting— wouldn't you be like, oh, they're going to have a baby. Woo! Right? <laughs> That's what everybody does, right? Oh, nephew, niece, this, that, whatever, sister, brother, whatever, grandchild, whatever, right? Well, how is that different? That's what's going to happen Friday, Saturday, and se- Friday night, Saturday, and Sunday. There's going to be baby Christians. That's your brother and your sister. Younger, but your brother and your sister. So, what I want to do in the last like a minute or two, we're going to pray again. But what I also want you to do is have a higher expectation for this weekend and for your life in the Lord. He rose from the dead, and he did it on your behalf and on mine. Is that not speaking volumes to us that we can have a high level of expectation for God to move in our lives, guide us in our lives, direct us, love on us. Some of you have gone through this Christian faith for a while, and you're like, yeah, I just don't feel the love of God the way that I used to. Well, part of that is uh, on your end, Romans 5, 5, because the Holy Spirit uh, is poured into us. The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts, and some of us are too closed off to the Holy Spirit. You ought to stop that. That's stupid. And then the other part of it is it's not just based on the feelings, though. You got to be mature enough to operate in the, in the process of faith. Faith Faith believes the truth over anything else, including eyesight. Ooh, ow, yes, that's tough, right? Have a high expectation this weekend, and not just for this weekend for Easter, but for your Christian life and your Christian walk. There's what? uh, It's April 15th. So there's another uh, eight months, uh, seven and a half months to go for the year. In seven and a half months, step it up from a six to a nine. Step it up from a three to a six. 
have a better, higher level of expectation of the great things of God sprinkled into your life. I think that's fair, all right? All right, we're going to close out this show with a little extra prayer because we want to, to just be connected to all of the people that are going to be ministering. So let's do that. Uh, Father, we come before you right now, and we thank you, and we praise you, and we come to you in the glorious name of Jesus Christ. And we ask you to empower us through your Holy Spirit as we bring these prayers to you. Everybody who can hear my voice, Lord, do marvelous things in the churches this weekend. Do things we couldn't even anticipate. Reach to people that even we didn't think could be reached, maybe for those that have been so far away for so long that they can come back like the prodigal, maybe for all of us, Lord, that we would have faith that you will pour your spirit out in these churches and people will make decisions first time, second time, tenth time to yield their hearts to Jesus Christ as Lord. May your name be glorified. May your people be blessed and that there be a season of refreshing for the people of God. Keep us all safe. We fully depend on you. We pray in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Okay, folks, have a great Easter weekend. You've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the true station here in Texas. Going to take a 72-and-a-half-hour break, then we'll come back. More Insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. The views expressed on the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.